Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, where we explore the Catholic faith as it's experienced in church and in everyday life. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. And along with our guests, we discuss the Catholic take on everything from sacraments and Sunday Mass to social media and sports, based on CatholicPhilly.com's award-winning news and commentary. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. Matt, great to have you here as always. Nice to be back as always. And it's also great to have with us our friend, Father Thomas Daly. Father Daly is the John Cardinal Foley Chair of Homiletics and Social Communications at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, Pennsylvania. Father, welcome as always. Good to be with you again. So, Father, I'm going to be honest here. It's been a busy time at CatholicPhilly.com, and you know, sometimes the editor throws things at us staff writers and we don't make deadline. No, I'm just kidding, Matt. (laughs) But seriously, the start of the school year is a busy time for most people. And lately, I personally have daydreamed about running away to a monastery. But I do have a mortgage to pay and some pets to feed, so that's not an option. But in a recent column, you wrote that even people who live and work in the everyday world, that we can deepen our spirituality and even maybe work off some purgatory time by taking a page from some local contemplative nuns. Indeed, the Sisters of the Visitation of Holy Mary, which was actually a religious order of nuns founded by St. Francis de Sales and St. Jane de Chantal in 1610. They still have a monastery here in Philadelphia. It's tucked away right at the hustle and bustle of City Avenue on the campus of St. Joe's University and sort of tucked back a little bit off the road. You would never know it's there. It's one of the busiest roads. And it's an oasis of peacefulness and happiness. A a few nuns in the monastery, and they're still making a difference in the world. But I always thought that was off limits to anyone who wasn't in the monastery. In one sense, it is. There is a cloister, which is to say the sort of canonically defined area in which the nuns live, basically the whole house. But the chapel, and it's true in every visitation monastery, the chapel is open to the public. The sisters are in a separate place in the chapel. But because their mission is to be yeast for the world, to make a difference by their peaceful presence, they certainly want to open that presence to anybody. And that is their mission, as you said, their charism, is simply to embody the peace of Christ, or is there something more specific to their focus? Their charism is quite simply to be united with God and to do so in the simplicity of their lives. Francis de Sales and Jane de Chantal founded this group. When they did, it was a unique undertaking because he wanted to emphasize the simplicity of their lives. And so in an age where religious life was filled with austerities and heavy mortifications and Mm. spending all night on your knees and great fastings and all of these exercises, his point was that most people can't do that just physically. And if holiness is something to which everyone is called, which is his recurring theme, then that should certainly be the case in religious life. And so he purposely invited into his religious order widows, older women, folks who were unable to master the rigors of religious life in other orders. Because he said the point is to love God humbly and gently and simply. And you do that 
by loving the other nuns who are in the same place with you 24-7, 365. It's almost so simple that you stumble over it, that there's nothing more complicated. There's no grand mission to go to 17 countries in a single year. It's, as I said, so simple you could stumble over it. Interestingly, it did have, although it wasn't essential to his plan, it did have an apostolic outreach to it. The sisters would actually go and visit people who were sick or homebound and, again, just simply be with them. But that was just not the way religious life was practiced back in the day. And again, it wasn't essential to his idea. But as simple as it sounds, it's very mortifying and challenging to constantly, in everything, find the will of God and love your neighbor in the monastery. Well, that idea of humility and simplicity and this friendship seeking union with God mm-hmm. couldn't be a more timely message for our day. It's what has always been essential and what is certainly always needed. And the sisters are tremendous models of it. I think we all have this picture of the cloistered nun locked away in a monastery and it's dark and they're hidden. And these are the happiest folks you'd ever meet. When I taught up in Allentown, I used to take some of our young female students to spend a weekend in the monastery, which they are able to do. Again, a unique characteristic of the visitation. And I wouldn't tell them much about it because obviously, you know, young college students, they're vibrant and constantly talking and there's always noise and they're going into a quiet monastery. And every one of them, their first reaction was how happy these people are and they couldn't figure it out. And I said, well, you know, they're living what is essential and that's what makes them happy. And this has a message for us today. In your recent column in CatholicPhilly.com, you talk about how the Visitation Sisters aren't just living for themselves, but they've actually invited us to taste of this life. Well, in fact, this coming May will be the 100th anniversary of the canonization of St. Margaret Mary, who's famous for promoting devotion to the Sacred Heart. Interestingly, a worldwide promotion that came from one single little monastery in the middle of France. But she had some friends and collaborators to make that happened. And that's one of the world's most beloved devotions is the Sacred Heart. Definitely. Still very, very popular. And so to celebrate the 100th anniversary of her canonization in May, the Vatican has decreed that this will be for the visitation monasteries an entire jubilee year from the Feast of St. Margaret Mary in October of this year to October of next year. And along with that, of course, all of us outside of the monastery are invited to celebrate with them, to celebrate in a particular way on their special feast days for the Feast of Francis de Sales or Jane de Chantal or Margaret Mary for the Novena to the Sacred Heart. There are a number of occasions when folks are invited to visit the monastery and experience the grace of these nuns. And there's actually a benefit to that, right? There's some bonus points. Indeed, as is typical with a jubilee year, doing a intentional spiritual work such as visiting a monastery chapel, one can in meeting the conditions for it, receive what we call a plenary indulgence, which is to say the spiritual treasury of the church assisting people in our life of purification and conversion. So you can imagine some Catholics out there saying, wait, they're still doing indulgences? I thought that went out with the 16th century. (laughs) The 16th century version of it went out, thankfully. (laughs) But the idea of an indulgence, even though the word kind of makes your skin crawl at times, (laughs) is really the notion that as sinners, and we all are, 
are, sin wounds us in some way. There's a guilt dimension to it. Yes, I did something wrong, but there's a lasting harmful effect to us. It's kind of like any kind of medical condition. If I have a heart attack, that's a momentary event, but the heart disease continues. So if I want to heal, I have to continue eating right and doing the exercises and taking care of myself. And indulgence is the taking care of the spiritual self or the recognition that that's what you are doing by doing the spiritual works of, in this case, visiting a monastery, receiving communion, making a good confession, praying for the Holy Father. There are certain things that go along with that. And what it is, is this exercise in positive spiritual benefit. And there's no money exchange, right? There is no money whatsoever. <laughs> Glad That's, to hear it. Heaven is not for sale. Mm, definitely not. But now here's a question. Say you make this visit. How do you then integrate this better into your daily life. You've spoken so beautifully before about how St. Francis de Sales really invited us to live the holy in the everyday according to our state of life, Mm -hmm. that we're not all meant to live in a monastery, that some of us have very demanding jobs, especially if you're a staff writer here. (laughs) But, you know, I'm thinking of some specific examples. You know, how can, say, you know, a harried executive in the office with the emails piling up in the inbox and the employees at the door or the single mom running Mm -hmm. between jobs and daycare centers. Mm -hmm. How can these folks in the day-to-day routines of their lives bring the holy in or, or open themselves more to the holy? Well, you said the key words, in the day-to-day of their lives. We are not all supposed to be contemplatives. God has called us to very different vocations. We sitting here at this table probably recognize we could not live a contemplative life because it would drive us crazy. Okay, people are different and they're called to different ways. The exercise of visiting the convent, if you will, the monastery, has the benefit of the experience of peacefulness in their midst. And while we're not there 24-7, that experience is what ultimately we're called to forever, that experience of peace and union with God. But then I go back to the world. And then I go back to my jobs. And then I go back to all the responsibilities and the madness of everyday life. And it's there that I'm called to be that person of peace and joy. How do I do that? For Francis de Sales, it's not a matter of doing something different or in addition to what I have to do every day. It's doing what I have to do for the love of God. It's being attentive to the opportunities I have to do well what I'm doing for the love of God. So it's a matter of attention and intention. He tells a great story. He tells lots of stories. I'll only tell you one. He had a young lady write to him who said that she wanted to be good and she wanted to be holy, but she had these seven creepy children, that's my translation, who were just driving her crazy because you know she couldn't get to church every day and all of the things that a harried mother had to deal with. Francis de Sales, the bishop, writes back to her and says, Dear Madam, you're not supposed to go to church every day. You're not supposed to go to Mass every day. When you read that, you're shocked because the bishop just told somebody not to go to Mass. He said, you become a saint by being the best mother you can be to those seven darling children you have. That's his idea. We become holy by doing what it is God has already called us to do for the love of God. And that includes putting up with the editor and... And uh, ducking from the blows. No, I'm only kidding. And really doing the best that we can with the gifts that we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's really all we can do. And there's the path to holiness. Very much so. And the more... Or I can be attentive to that and intentional about what I do. That's how I gradually turn everything I do into an act of holiness. There's the path to holiness, right? Mm-hmm. As St. Paul says, as unto the Lord. 
even the simplest of tasks, as right. unto the Lord. Right. Thank you so much. Father Thomas Daly, always good to have you in the studio, especially when you speak of St. Francis de Sales and his wonderful spirituality. Thank you for the opportunity, and especially the opportunity to speak on behalf of these absolutely wonderful nuns who obviously don't get a chance to do social media. But I would just encourage anybody who can to visit them and just be in their presence and benefit from that. And more details about the dates of this Jubilee year are available in your column on catholicphilly.com. And it's got a great title, Don't Live in a Monastery? That's okay. This grace is for you. Father Thomas Daly, always great to have you here. Take care. Hope to see you soon here. Thanks so much. God bless. So you've heard our thoughts. What about yours? Reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Catholic Philly or visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. And until next time, may God bless and keep you. Transforming lives. That's what the Society of St. Vincent de Paul of Philadelphia is all about. Called to service by our Catholic values, we work directly with our neighbors in need to help with the most basic necessities. Our lives are transformed, as are hopefully those we serve. Visit svdp-phila.info to see how you can join with us to help. That's svdp-phila.info. This podcast has been a production of catholicphilly.com, music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at catholicphilly.com.